For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure to select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 81. Woo! Wait, was that the start of it? That's yeah. the start, man. That was it? Wow! That's the start. Holy shit. I guess Jamie, I missed you gotta it. get a woo. You gotta keep the woos going. Go, uh, woo. woo. Yeah. Gotta go woo. All right. Woo! Hey, whoa, whoa. Oh, sorry. Am I blasting Come on, I'm trying to be a little, little subdued tonight. Sorry. You know, okay. but. A little sexy. A little subdued. subdued. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, dude. we got a we got a, a more somber film that where people have to learn some life lessons. That's and li- true. Many lives are lost. A lot of learning, a lot of loving. We are wrapping living. up Brahms Movie Month, and tonight's movie caught my eye when we first started uh, kind of looking up uh, various submarine movies before we realized that there's like 200 of them out there. And uh, this was one that kind of floated to the top for me because I noticed. It's got everybody's boy, Ronald Reagan, in it. Ronnie R. Love him. He's a listener, actually. Love you, Ron. Love you, Ron. Grave. Pretty sure, yeah, pretty sure he died. But Nancy, Nancy Mm. might be a listener. I agree to disagree. And Nancy, too, was in this film. So this this was really interesting to me. I never had seen a film starring Ronald Reagan. Everyone obviously knows he was a pretty highly regarded uh, president. Uh, what was that? The late '80s, he served, mm-hmm. and well, I mean, it was we most, of, to watch most of the '80s, '80 to '80 to '88. There we go, and yeah. uh, we watched a film that starred him, and it's a submarine film, of course, and uh, it feels like a classic submarine film. Uh, we'll yeah, get it into it here. That, with... that was something that I was a little surprised by, and I'm happy that you brought it into your cycle because I didn't realize how classic of a submarine film it actually was. I just assumed it was a film with submarines in it, and we'd watch it in kind of a war movie. But Mm -hmm. it's very classic. Very, very classic. And we'll get into that. And uh, when we name it here, uh, we'll have to mention the IMDb score, which I think is a a little low, but I think we'll we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, Really? Hmm. I don't think it's a a stellar film, but... uh, uh, I was pretty uh, amazed by it because when you get when you get down this low, I'll go ahead and say the uh, let's just go ahead and say the uh, name of the film here. It is Hellcats of the Navy, 1957 film, scored a 5.4 on IMDb. That is a little that low, but not not crazy low. It's not like it's getting low. it's not like it's getting uh, super um, like a whatever people going online specifically to rate it low just because like Ronald Reagan's in it or something like that. Uh, just a low 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 score. I know. I also thought it was a little surprise. Well, this is one of the movies which I know, Brom, you'd mentioned a really long time ago, and I always saw that score, and I was like, "Man, we're gonna have to watch this. It's probably gonna <laughs> really suck <clears throat> it up here." But uh, I would agree with you when I think that it's it's low. I don't think it's warranted to be that low. But hmm. again, Jamie, like you mentioned, not a lot of people are going out rating this movie. You think about most of the ratings that we're probably going to see from fans or whatever, they're going to be like, oh, I loved it 10. Oh, I hated it 1. Right. And so mm-hmm. not but a whole lot of middle ground. Yeah, I'm going to say- Only 827 I'm, votes on oh, this Oh, wow. One. So it is low. Yeah, yeah. People don't really say this. And, and I will say I'm going to be coming probably a little hot on my, uh, 
on my rating um, comparative to you guys. Uh, and we'll but let's save it. Not don't want to spoil it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, hey guys, before we get before we even get like way too far into this, I think we better you know. Dive! 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 What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present... Submersion. So yeah, Hellcats of the Navy. So like last uh, week's ep- episode, uh, this is a movie that I had not seen, but it, it caught my eye, and mainly because it had Ronald Reagan in it, and I really wanted to see it. Uh, were you guys uh, kind of in the same boat as I that you had not seen Ronald Reagan really act before? Never seen him before, and it's actually kind of inter- it is interesting to see him act a little bit because he comes in he comes in a little bit almost like a John Wayne type guy. Yeah. Um, so very like a kind of a thousand eyes, uh, yard stare and kind of a manly man, and but also like a supposed to be like a good hearted guy. Um, and yeah, very much leading man type, but almost like a, it seems, it seems like he was coming in as like a second tier John Wayne. Um, I, I would did, agree with that. Yeah. And he's definitely got, like we're talking about the man, man, the man's man here. Mm-hmm. He's got like the chiseled features. You're like, wow, this guy could probably kick most of these people's ass on set. Obviously not ours. We're all so buff and so right, ripped. Right, sure. Yeah, I got big old muscles. Um, nobody anyways, would take any of us. I'd have so much grease on. Like, he'd punch me, but his fist would slide right off my body. Mm-hmm. And he might throw out his shoulder doing it. Yep. And then <laughs> at that point, uh, it's anyone's game, really. Yeah. You're slip sliding all around Reagan. Hey, <laughs> He's like, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, but yes, I, I had not seen any other films of his. No. I've never, I, yeah, it's one of those things where you almost, I know he had a film where he acted with a monkey and I probably should go see that one. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's got one of those eight movies, um, out there. Um, I think it was like a bubbles or something. I don't know. It's not the name. Was that, was that Michael Jackson's ape? Now that I think about it. Bubbles. Bubbles. Yeah. I think that's right. right. So I don't know which one that one, I'll have to look it up which one it was the Reagan, um, monkey movie. Or ape Bedtime for Bonzo. Ah, there we go. Bonzo. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. that sounds like an instant classic. So, I should, probably, like a, I should probably watch that one. We could have monkey movie season. Uh, that, Dunstan Checks In, Mighty Joe Young. King Kong. And King Kong. Oh, yeah. But King also Kong. King Kong. Make sure you get all of them. And yeah. there's probably another King Kong. Son of, Son of Kong. Cur- uh, a lot of oh, Curious the Congo. George. Congo, good one. Curious George. I think there was two of those, maybe. Did we have we not said Planet of the Apes yet? Planet of the Apes. No, we haven't. Ed, um, <laughs> uh, most vertical uh, primates, most vertical primate two, um, most extreme primate, most extreme primate two. Duh, everyone knows these ones. Come on. Yeah. All right. So, Brom, throw out everything you did, all that work on getting all the season set up. Season two is no longer trains; it's now monkey movies. Can it oh, be generally? Really? Can we? We're can we have it, a? Huh? Few, can we have a few no, different animals kidding. for one of the seasons? No, we can make it season. Is there an empty one? Season seventeen, season twenty-two. Is there an empty one, Jamie? Yeah. Well, there are infinite numbers, so sure. you scientists should know that. Uh, I think somewhere see. in the twenties, maybe. I think our earliest open season is season fifteen. Mm. Should I pencil that in? 
Yep. And we can do 15 different animals. 15 different season. animals? Versus, yeah. So like it could be an elephant or it could be um, a chimpanzee or it could Is be it a gorilla. Is it only 15 episodes or are we going animal by animal until we've completed 15 animals in every movie with that animal in it? Big old mix. Big old uh, boglio. Is that what it is? It's like a word, I think, uh, of just like any animal. A menagerie? Yeah, exactly. That's you know, very turtle. animal theme. Is there is there one? Is there a movie that stars a turtle? I don't know. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, there we go. See, so turtles, good. Uh, yeah, elephants, right. chimpanzee, gorilla, etc., etc., etc. We're all good. Got wolves. it. There's a lot all of right. wolf movies. Do that Balto. Oh, that's a dog, I guess. Right. Technically Balto, speaking, yeah. the gray. <clears throat> yeah, wolves. All Horse, right, horses. Come on, guys. Horse movies. Dog movies, cat movies. This is a cat movie, actually. Hellcats of the Navy. Back to it. See, that's a good transition right back into it. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Let's get into this before we get too far off the (laughs) rail. Should we actually get into the recap of this? Get in it. It didn't win any Oscars, right? Uh, it did, it did not. not. I'm joking because it obviously did not. It seemed like it was a. It, it actually, I think it was released as a kind of like a B picture or one where it's in you know paired up with another movie, um, double feature kind of stuff. So it was kind of a second tier film. It was one of the last movies that Ronald Reagan actually did, um, and because after this, he basically entirely went to TV, um, almost specifically because of this movie. He said it was it was disappointing the production level. And it felt like he felt like his career was going TV, so he went to TV. He said it was disappointing the production level. Yeah, so what, like what basically, this this was making the this was made around the same time as I think Operation Pacific, and uh, I think um, or Operation Tokyo or something. Uh, this was a year Destination before Tokyo. Run Silent, Run Deep. Destination Tokyo was. 16 years or something before this movie. Oh, no, really? Destination Tokyo? Okay. Well, well oh, there, was, yeah. there was another movie that came out kind of a similar time. And I think when he took this movie, he said he thought it was going to turn out that way. It's one of the movies that we've watched. And when it, he kind of got out of this production being like, oh, I think my career in film might be at an end. And so he went to TV. Because he thought the production quality was lower than he expected? Yeah, that kind of he had... Interesting. He had felt like... Oh, this is where, like, the what was reflected in how the movie was made. He felt like told him that his career was on a downswing, and that he went. Then he went entirely to TV. Hmm. All right. Yep. All righty. So this film from 1957 stars, as I'm sure everybody knows, Ronald Reagan as Commander Casey Abbott, Nancy Reagan credited as Nancy Davis as Nurse Helen Blair. Arthur Franz as Lieutenant Commander Don Landon, Robert Arthur as Freddie Warren, and William Leslie as Lieutenant Paul Prentice. Yes. And Let's we start. We open, and it's a thrilling opener, guys. It's like you, your eyeballs pop out of your head when you see the production and the, the expense that they went to have a person stand in front of the screen tell you that this is a story about World War II. And it's basically an actual a commander, right? It was a commander Nimitz or something. Comes mm-hmm, in and mm-hmm. he's like, yo, bros, World War II ever heard of it? And so then that jumps us right into uh, the film. It was a very odd opening uh, for a movie. It was. It almost, really it almost was. seems like it's the start of a documentary or something. But instead, you jump into a film um, that is like based on a book, based on some kind of memoirs, but is obviously very fictionalized. So weird to see like a commander be like, 
And this is the movie about our experiences in World War II. And it, it kind of tells you just how involved the Navy was in making this movie. There's a lot of co- cooperation um, by them in, in kind of crafting the story and stuff like that as, as well. So anyways, it's 1944. Uh, we're heading towards the end of World War II. You can tell because we're kind of starting the plans of trying to invade Japan. Ends up not being... Um, uh, important because they, you know, drop the atomic bombs, but they're they're trying to figure out the best way of getting through into the Straits of Japan to kind of let them let Japan know that the Americans are putting them in a really tough spot, and maybe that'll end the war. Um, but one of the problems has been that they have these mines that they've stopped being able to see. That basically, they, J- Japanese did something to the mines to make it so that the radar and the sonar or the radar no longer can see them, and so it's very difficult. Uh, or impossible to navigate into the Straits, uh, Strait of Japan. And uh, Casey Abbott, he's he, he's on a mission uh, with a submarine to capture some underwater mines. And the first thing we see is basically they arrive, they're seeing the mines, they know that it's basically it's time to you know finish their mission, and they so they call up the frogmen and they're like, "Yo, frogmen, we're Hellcats, you're frogmen, get in the water and grab us a mine." And who's but the main dude, guy? Main guy here is Wes. And oh. one thing to remember about Wes is he is pretty sweet on Nancy Reagan. Oh, yeah. He's got a picture and everything. He's sleeping in a bunk. He's had like a long night, apparently, doing all kinds of missions and stuff, being a hero. Everyone fucking loves this guy. Wes is the man and has got all kinds of war stories and everyone loves him. But he doesn't love everyone else. He only has eyes. For Nancy Reagan. He's got a picture. He's sleeping with it. He's bumbling in his sleep. And the XO comes in and is like, yo, cool it. That's the captain's like former, you know, boo. You can't just be like going around making him all jelly right now. Like he's going to probably leave you in the water to die at some point. Uh, he's like, wow. That's <laughs> pretty, that pretty never happened foreshadowing. To me. Yeah, it's a little bit of a foreshadowing at that point where he tells him that probably Ronald Reagan, future president, is going to leave him to die in the water. <laughs> um, and so, and he like kind of wakes up. He almost looks like he's like hungover. It's really, it's kind of weird that he's like the main guy. Everyone yeah. loves him. He comes in and everyone's like, yeah, like tell us the story again. And he's like, all right, I was swimming around and there were Japanese like ships everywhere. And everyone's like, whoa, like you're the coolest man, Wes. You're so cool. I hope you bang Nancy Reagan later. And he's like, oh, I will. And then he, so he goes out with all his crew and uh, they kind of go off in pairs, getting some mines or whatever. Someone starts to have a lot of issues uh, in the water. And so one person kind of- It wasn't really clear what was going on. He just, I think it seemed like it was a case of, they'd been doing a lot of missions and people were out there too long. And so they had started to have some effects of being underwater like that, under pressure for so long. So this guy went out there, thought he was okay. And then all of a sudden he was really struggling. And so a pair is kind of taking him back. And one of the guys who's with Wes is like, yo, I'm going to like help this guy. Or that's that's how I interpreted the scene. It's hard to tell who mm-hmm. is who. And so he goes off to right. help him. And they get the mine, they pull it up on board, they get a couple of these mines or whatever, and everyone looks around and they're like, okay, is the guy okay? And the guy that was struggling is like, yeah, I'm I'm okay. And they're like, where's Wes? And everyone's kind of like, I thought he was with you. Wasn't he with you? And then no one's like, everyone's like, we don't know where Wes is. All of a sudden they get like a little, the the sonar guy's like, uh, or radar radar guy, whatever, is like, there is a boat 3,000 yards away coming straight for us. 
And Reagan's got to make a big old decision. And us as the audience, he's like, save Wes. He's a hero. We're also thinking Obviously in the back the of your best mind. best guy in the movie so far. Yeah. And in the back of our mind, though, we're like, yo, is Ronald Reagan going to murder this guy? Because um, he's sleeping with his uh, wife? What? Or his and girlfriend? And so- like- he totally is going to murder this <laughs> right. guy, right? So then the, X, the XO comes in and is like, uh, please don't murder this guy. Actually, I see him right over there. And there's Wes kind of just like struggling in the water. He's like, hey, help me. And like a young he's guy. Like a hundred, he's like a hundred yards away. Yeah. So not that far. And then a, another guy all. on the ship, this young guy is like, yo, I see Wes. He's right there. And they're like, and Ronald Reagan's like, Wait, how close is this boat? And like 2,500 yards. Like, it's getting too close. We better play it safe. And everyone's like, uh, what the fuck? He's like, literally right there. It's fine. He's like, no, we're diving the ship. And so he dives, they dive the boat and everyone's like, whoa, we just murdered Wes. Like, that doesn't feel great. <laughs> yeah. We just left that dude in the middle of the ocean with a Japanese battleship bearing down on him yeah so anyways they they kind of see that the ship's going away they shoot torpedoes at it or something i think that's right oh whatever um and uh, yes they do and they miss and then guess what happens now getting a little depth charge death charge yeah. mm-hmm. depth charge mania and so and all of a sudden we get a fire on board too, which is something that we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, there's all kinds. Of, I mean, we it got, didn't look like a destroyer though. And I don't know if that kind of was what they were talking about with uh, production quality. I think they they borrowed a lot of them. I'm pretty sure they borrowed a lot of miniatures from other movies because I, I feel like I even recognized one of them from one of the movies that we've watched before. So I don't think, and they, there was definitely obviously stock footage like used in, a, in mm-hmm. a lot of the film. So I don't think they necessarily did put a lot of production into this. Um, I will also mention that a lot of the side actors were um, not good. <laughs> they were specifically. Did you guys not have very a favorite side actor or side uh, character? It was the actress at the end, the nurse at the end, when when uh, Nancy Reagan goes up to Ronald Reagan and is like, "Hey, will you buy me a cigarette?" And Ronald Reagan's like, "Sure, will I? Sure do love cigarettes, and all the children of America should smoke." And then uh, this other nurse comes by, and it's almost like she forgets her line. Like, they have to almost, like, tap her on the shoulder. And she's like, hey, what about me? And then Nancy Reagan's like, you find your own sailor. And they walk away. And it's, <laughs> the, like, hands down one of the worst line yeah. readings I've ever seen. So I really enjoyed uh, Carol, who's played by William Phillips. I don't think you mentioned Kyle, and that was the guy that was doing the gambling and stuff. Oh, I did like. I did oh, like. I, thought, I, I have a lot to say. Fun. I he have a lot to fun. say about that gambling from a scientific okay, point. Yes, yeah, so I, <laughs> I was hoping no, you would. Yeah, because yeah, that is. And uh, one of my okay. favorite guys. One of my favorite guys. He's coming right up. He is. About to have a birthday party. All right, I'll let little... you do it. I'll let you do it. Yeah, so anyways, oh, okay. this is, I do want to mention, this is a very common trope in uh, military movies, particularly back in the 50s, 40s, and and before of the love triangle. As I've mentioned before in the podcast, the very first Oscar ever was awarded to a war movie that the entire point was a love triangle. This one's interesting only insofar that uh, it's immediately resolved because Wes is killed by Ronald Reagan inadvertently. Uh, and in the, in the Dude, course of action, point? we are joking around because like the, the entire point of this movie is that Ronald Reagan makes the right decision here. Like he saves the people on board by diving rather than risking everyone for the life of one person. Um, and that's kind of the point is that he's, he's acting as a commander and not um, too much letting his emotion get in the way of making the right decision. But And the one thing I learned right here, right now, is that you just don't mess with Ronald Reagan, I guess. Because uh-uh. uh-uh. oh, he'll, he'll leave you. you in the middle of the ocean yep. to die. 
So anyways, as, you, twice as you're about mentioning, it. You're, you have a favorite character. He's this young guy. His name is... Do you have his oh, name? Oh, yeah. Well, first first off, right before we get into that, they survive the death charge, yeah. and the EXO confronts the yeah. captain, and he's just like, hey, dude, uh, not cool what you did back there letting Wes die. He was pretty savable. Captain's like, <laughs> dude, that guy had a picture of my lady. Of course, I'm going to let him die. And then. <laughs> well, I'm not sure you said that in so many words, but you could tell his no. eyes. He's a very good actor. He's like, it's a lot of like, acting yeah. with his eyes. A little twinkle in him. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so then we cut on over to the saddest birthday party I've ever seen. It's pretty great. Uh, there's a guy sitting there with a cake in front of him who's it's extremely. Yeah. He's, he's super pissed off. And eventually everybody's like, Bro, blow out your candles, Freddie. It's your 19th birthday. He takes the cake, throws it at the wall with the candles lit. Mm-hmm. And almost Ronald gets Ronnie. Little, yeah, he's got some icing on his face, and he's like, "What's going on here?" And I'm assuming that was ad libbed. He actually had a little bit of icing on his face, and he and he grabbed it with his finger and licked it off. Yeah, and then Freddie's like, "You let him die. I saw him in the water. I literally was holding him, and you pushed him back in the water." And uh, uh, he's just basically really traumatized by this experience, and really is is not happy with Ronald Reagan at this point. So anyways, they end up, they go back, they finish their mission and stuff like that. They have these mines. They go back to Guam. They're going to start to do experiments or the scientists on the mines and figure out what's going on. Ronnie Reagan, I mean, just to get into this before we talk about his relationship with Nancy Reagan, uh, is, is really kind of very skeptical of the science of this. He's like, well, why don't we just follow a boat through the strait? And they're like, we've tried that. We literally just lost a submarine doing that. And he's like, but we should do that. What's the big deal? Why do we got to like waste this time like figuring out how to see these mines? And it's like, dude, come on. If you follow a ship through, they could change the, the mine formation. And they would. And like, think with your brain, Ronald Reagan. Like, you can't just follow them through a track. It's not going to stay the same. It's better if you can see the mines, but he's not thinking that way. He's like, I want to find it. I finally want to find a lane. And wouldn't a ship pass over the mines? Right? No, I, the- think, no I don't think so. I don't know. Apparently, they could just pass under the mines. I'm not sure what, what the big deal was. Apparently, they, right, just they should have been doing them. that the whole time. The whole time. I will see that later. So, anyways, he also they also he he meets up back up with um, his lady love uh, Nancy Reagan, and she's basically immediately like Wes. Who? Like, I didn't even like really all that much. Uh, I was always She's in love like, with please, you. Please don't hit me. <laughs> Whoa, shit. What? Uh, I, we do not, what? Um, and then he, she's, she's basically like, I love you. She's all broken up. He like can't, he can't figure out what he really wants out of this because he finds it very strange to have had this guy die under his command and then to swoop in and like, Mac on the, this lady, even though clearly he loves her as well. Um, so he's kind of struggling with that a little bit as well. So he's very wishy-washy about whether he wants to be with her or not. But she clearly is like all in on Ronnie, Ronnie Reagan all day long. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, what was kind of nice here is we didn't really waste any time at all getting Mm-mm. to see trials because they kind of figured out what they needed to do to change their sonar to pick up these mines. And they just get right to it. Yeah, they get right to it. Freddie's there, and we did. This is where we get the scene. I think where he's gambling a little bit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Have, this is it. They have a big old dice game with what's his name, Carol. Is that what his name? And uh, Carol yep. and Freddie, they have a little gambit going on. Basically, what it is, he counts what numbers he gets on these dice, and he basically tells him that he's due. Oh, you haven't got a six in a while. You're due for a six. <laughs> now, <laughs> if people know the concept of counting cards in blackjack. You might be like, oh, they're just counting cards. 
whether that requires that there actually is a set number of decks, you know, generally maybe one if you're playing with someone else, but in, in Vegas, seven maybe, I don't know. I don't know what's in the shoe usually. But the counting the cards is because you have used up some of the cards <laughs> and they're not <laughs> back in the deck. Uh, the dice are a single entity that exists. And by rolling them, you aren't do a six. It's just never do a six. It's always the same fucking probability. These guys Hold are idiots. On. Now, Brom rolls a lot of dice. <laughs> Brom. I do roll a lot of dice. What's, your, what's they, your take on this? Are they? What's I also, your take? I do roll a lot of dice. I also have uh, two friends that are actuaries, though, as well. So that brings a little balance to the force here. And I Good. can say that every roll, you have the same odds to roll your desired result as you will have on the next result or, or the next roll or the roll after that. Yeah. And, Doesn't matter. Uh, if you I thought roll this them. was really funny that they were calling this like their science, their permutations, or whatever they were calling it. And trying to say how month. smart Freddie is. I'm sitting there being like, "This is actually kind of sad." Like, I feel sad for you. <laughs> like, you're gonna go and lose money in Vegas, and also, yeah. like, if this is the movie's way of telling us that that Freddie's like a new age smart youngster, like a whippersnapper who's gonna change the the way of the world, it's like, oh, like. That's tough because that is not how this works, and it is also. Do you it, think that really was an dumb. honest mistake that they were making, or do I think you it think was an honest. I think it was as, an honest mistake. I think it was oh an honest gosh. mistake. I think they I were supposed to be. I think they were supposed to be showing that Freddie was a smart college kid, like nineteen years old, who's going to change the world. Talking about permutations and combinations, and they just pick something that is ludicrously just off the wall bonkers <laughs> stupid and made him look like a, a complete idiot yeah, all right we're gonna try it tomorrow night jamie <laughs> okay <laughs> so anyways um, all right all right man you've rolled like four threes in a row dude. you're gonna get six. you're due for three roll a three <laughs> it's happening <laughs> so anyways they, they they're seeing the mines they're pretty happy with that in this first sea trial they kind of get hung up on on a mine at one point and then uh there's like oh, dude, we totally forgot something right after the gambling. Yeah. Completely forgot, man. We had a classic scene that we've seen in many movies. There was a bit, the boat pitched a little bit. Yep. And all of a sudden, we had an accident in the torpedo room. Right. Torpedo lands on a dude. And this is another thing. So I, I copied the synopsis down from, uh, uh, from AFI, American Film Institute, a place that should be pretty good i don't know who writes this shit but they said they were attacked by enemy uh, an enemy attack where they were depth charged not here it was just they lurched because they hit the mine or something right they were hung up on a mine and they lurched. yeah there wasn't any like outright attack because the captain was in the room yeah and they were and he's all... like all right somebody take care of that somebody secure that fish and somebody was just bleeding out like crazy yeah it was all sea trials anyways so and they like because then they then they rise up so basically freddie gets crushed by a torpedo more or less uh classic he's like secure those eels uh or fish secure those fish and um, uh, they basically they have a decision to make. Here's basically another conundrum, moral conundrum. Freddie's hurt, but they could they need to rise up immediately and head back to base. But there's so many ships around that it's actually dangerous to do this. And they don't they have had their sonar and stuff knocked out as a result of like the lurching and stuff like that. So they really can't know where anything is. And Ronald Reagan has to make a decision. Well, do I rise up and endanger the crew? Or let Freddie die. And in this case, he makes the opposite decision. I think they kind of imply that here he does let his emotions kind of. He's becoming more human. And I think I think the main thing driving this decision right here is Freddie was not sleeping with his lady. Oh, I see. Okay. 
That's the only reason. I say, okay, because he wasn't he wasn't boning Nancy Reagan. That's right. Mm. He's like, this guy's a non-threat. I don't. <laughs> we can save him. I don't care. It's true. He's I mean, not Wes. These are you're only saying facts. You're only saying facts that he did not sleep with Nancy Reagan, and he then he did not die as at the hands of Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. I think it's right. Anyways, so he brings him back. Again, he's kind of like broken up by all this stuff. And the XO is like kind of like really pissed at this point. He's like, look at you. You're doing one thing. Then you're doing another. And you're yelling at me like this is bullshit. But they get a new assignment now. They got to go out and they got to attack a base. And it's really important. And it's going to be the same people. He's going to be his XO and him and everyone's there and everyone's happy. And it's like, okay, this is a great mission. Pretty straightforward. Let's go do it. And more or less, that's what happens. They go out there. They get right to the base. Um, they get everyone kind of geared up. The XO is one of the guys that ends up going on the mission, right? I think that's right, yeah, right? He's yeah. out there. He, he is kinda out lead, there. He kind of leads the mission. There's like six people who go out there. They're going to rig up some things. I'm pretty sure the miniature work here was reused. I'm almost positive I've seen it before. It looks so familiar. Um, but anyways, they go on shore. They row on shore. They rig up all this stuff. It's supposed to go off when they get back to the submarine. And then once everything goes off, the submarine can kind of like go after some of the boats. But it goes off too early and actually incinerates one of the uh, uh, guys that are on the mission. Five of them get back. They're like, where's that other guy? He's dead. Uh, they're like, okay, we got we to gotta dive. But the people are already on them, basically. They start sh- they're shooting at the submarine. Things aren't going really super well. They have to dive real quick. And they're getting uh, depth. They start to get depth charts and stuff like that. And they get some like heavy damage, uh, mostly in the torpedo room. The torpedo room is like flooding. Things are going super awry, but they kind of they survive. Like everything is like okay. And really, they're just dealing with these leaks. And if they can just put the plugs in and increase the pressure in the room, they should be okay. And what does Ronald Reagan see just at this moment that everything seems oh. okay? Everything seems okay right now because sonar's knocked out and everything doesn't seem okay for a while. But then he's like, hey, I see a merchant ship going through a minefield. Right. <laughs> I know what I want to do. He's like, yeah, he's fuck like, science. Ronnie, fuck those, calm fuck, down. Fuck, so, fuck those dice those dice games over there where everyone's using science. I want to get a effing map now of the course going through these mines. And he even calls down to the XO, who's he's the one who's kind of taking care of the uh, torpedo room, and is like, yo, I'm going to do this. What do you think? And the XO is like, uh, uh, that's not our mission. Like, We just did our mission, and we're heavily damaged. We should head back to port. And Ronnie, Ronnie Reagan's like, don't think so, baby. And is like, we're, we're going to follow that ship, and we're going to map a course. And he does just that. They're going along. Everything's going pretty well. They get about two minutes away from finishing the entire course. They, they more or less have it when all of a sudden their compressor fails and they can't uh, keep the pressure up in the in the room. And so they start heading back and they, they go as far as they can. But the, the room's flooding. They're not going to be able to surface anymore if they let it go too long. And so at the last moment, he's like, okay, we're going to surface, even though it's pretty dangerous to do this because otherwise we're not, we're going to sink and it's obviously we'll all die. So he brings, he brings up to the surface and almost immediately a Japanese submarine's like, what's that? Uh, it seems like there's a submarine <laughs> yeah. over there. And so they get, they, they man their guns and everything goes to absolute shit immediately. Ronnie Reagan's on the top of the submarine trying to like get stuff going. Things are exploding everywhere. He gets knocked into the water. They have to like bring him onto the lifeboat, and he's like one of seven people who survives or something like that. 
plus the map, which he kept. Obviously, he, he had put that, stuffed it right down in his pants. Like, he kind of, he had his uh, captain dick out. Then he was like, oh, shit, like, enemy fire. I don't want any damage to occur. So he slipped it back into his pants. And while he did that, he stuffed the map in there, too, obviously. I got to keep it safekeeping. And uh, he gets completely knocked out and more, it wakes up in back in Guam where they've, they've been, they've been rescued. Oh, no, sorry. They get rescued by a plane and then they, they end up in, in Guam. And so he's sitting there and he is, now he's really a wreck, like a total wreck because he lost 60 men. He keeps on talking about 60 men, 60 men. Oh, I let 60 men die. Now I do want to get your opinion on this as we've gone through some of these questions. Um, what do you think of his decision-making at this point? Well, so when he went through that field, I thought that they had no other options, right? Like they, the sonar was totally out. They couldn't go through the minefield underwater, right? Well, so they didn't have to go through the minefield at all. They chose to go, they chose to follow that ship through it. Oh, well then it's a little dicey. Right, isn't it? I mean, that was, they basically said it was like- A little reckless. It was not part of your mission. And he said, it's not, it's not precluded from my mission. That's what he said in two different oh, occasions. Yeah. Very true. It wasn't. True. It wasn't not Sounds part like of my mission. But more like he's like, they were like, it's not part of your mission. He's like, it wasn't not part of my mission. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> no, that means it's <laughs> like, not well, part of your I guess mission. That's right. But you didn't specifically say I couldn't do it. It's like what? We have to say you can't do everything. Also, don't ride your submarine straight into Tokyo Bay and start firing on buildings. It's like, oh, you didn't say I couldn't do it. It's like, come on. You're very headstrong. Commander. Yeah, but I mean, I guess, I guess the, the his point was that he felt like if he had radio, if he had had the radio and had been able to radio that in, they would have said yes. And in his in his opinion, it was the best course of action for the war, and so he had to take it, which is not it, not incorrect. There there might have been they might have gotten the thing. I think just with the damage to the ship, kind of crazy. They didn't have radio, sonar, or radar, and their torpedo room was flooding, so they didn't even have weapon weapons. It's like, yeah, it was not good. You probably they probably should have turned back, but at the same time, like he was he was super keyed in on getting this map, which is funny for the next part. Because anyways, he's super broke up. Freddie wakes up and is basically, "Where is everyone? Why isn't no one visiting me?" And they're all like, "Oh, sweet sweet summer child, uh, they're uh, they're gonna come. Don't worry about it, man." And he's like, "Oh, where's my dice? Maybe I'll win some money." And I'm like, "Oh, Jesus Christ, put them away." You sweet summer child. <laughs> what, an idiot. what a what a sweet idiot. As I as I yeah, had uh, and now it basically starts a full blown investigation into oh, Reagan's yeah. actions, and, and the XO is. I is, thought this was going to be the rest of the movie, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that would what be dark." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What is going to happen here?" But the XO, the XO is super pissed because he's he wants he's supposed to get a ship and be a captain, and basically Ronald Reagan was in a thing being like, "Uh, no, he shouldn't get a ship," which is very similar to I think. Um, Oh, I can't remember. Run Silent Run Deep, I think, was similar to that, where they like make, he makes a recommendation that he's too headstrong. Um, he can't. Uh, he shouldn't. That get was a, uh, a Ernest Borgnine, right? Oh yes, that's the one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Which one was uh, that? Oh, Torpedo Run. Torpedo Run, maybe. Greatest yeah. film ever made. Bromance. Yeah, uh, that was the one. That was the one. Yeah. So we've seen it in other ones. He makes the recommendation. Oh, we're we're we're, we're not doing so bad. We're not doing bad, but we're not doing great. And we're kind of in the middle. Um, so anyways, yeah. So he's an ex. The XO is like pissed because he's been basically told like he's not going to get a command specifically because of Reagan. And then Reagan's like, oh, by the way, there's like an inquiry tomorrow. So like, I guess you got to be honest or whatever. Um, and so they get into the inquiry and the XO is having trouble kind of managing his emotions, but he does the right thing and kind of just says like, it's not his opinion. It's not his whatever. And they come to the conclusion that 
Reagan was fine in his judgment, that it was not his fault for losing the boat. He didn't do anything. He wasn't dereliction of duty, isn't a problem. And he made a judgment call as a commander of a submarine, and that judgment call was deemed perfectly fine. And so he's he's okay. And they kind of inform him also, the commander is like, by the way, we're going to be doing a, a mission into the Strait of Japan. We, we figured out these mines. We can see them. And you brought back this map. And that makes it even doubly more plausible to do this. So we're going to have like six submarines or whatever, eight submarines go into the Straits of Japan, go through the minefields, lie in wait. Then they're going to rise up on a certain day, uh, do a whole bunch of attacks. You're going to be attack, attack, attack for about like, uh, I think it was like two weeks or something. Then when it hits a certain day, you all leave. And uh, we kind of just let Japan know that, hey, you thought you were safe for these food, uh, getting food from the mainland. Well, guess what? You're not because we we have figured out your minds. Um, it's supposed to be kind of a scare tactic to try to end the war. And he's like, I want you to command a submarine. And he's like, oh, which submarine? And they give him uh, the Sea Ray, which was supposed to be uh the one that the guy was going to be the commander of and he's like oh, wait, but he's yeah and he's gonna but he's gonna be the xo he's gonna be your xo again like that's part of the requirements and ronnie reagan's like well he's a good xo so yeah that's fine and so they get through they hear the mission and they get on board and immediately their relationship is like super strained like the xo is oh, like the xo is down oh man he is yeah talking to all the other sailors just like yeah dude uh captain's a total pos and uh, he really screwed up when he lost the entire crew of the other boat. Hope we like, don't all die, right, guys? And, and Captain walks in, and he's like, "Hey, got some uh, coffee with you guys?" He's like, "Also, oh, that guy is," and they're waiting for him to say "piece of shit." But then he goes, "A really good XO," and you're like, "Ronnie Reagan." That's why he became president because he's emotionless. Right, he's like a robot. So, anyways. Uh, they head into the minefields. They decide, which, there was a really funny part where Ronald Reagan's like, and we'll use my charts. And I'm like, you could also use your sonar. Like, I, I mean, they, they did, they did figure this all out with the sonar. Anyways, they go, they use the chart for about halfway and they're like, oh man, they changed the mines. I'm like, duh, come on guys. Like, well, I guess we'll have to use our sonar now. And then they start using the sonar to go through but they kind of get spotted by like a destroyer and stuff. And so they were getting depth charged and a bunch of stuff like that. And so they go to the bottom of the, uh, the straight and they're underneath the mines and stuff like that. And they're like, oh man, we can't stay down here for super long. We're kind of damaged. We got to try, we got to try to get out of here. And so they um, head out and they're like, well, how could, how do we get through? Like, we can't go too high though. They're still searching for us. Like, well, can we stay at like 250 feet and get under the mines? And everyone's like, Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like you just you could have done that the entire time. I'm confused. You went the halfway underneath the mines. You could have. Can't you do the whole way underneath the mines? Why do you even need a fucking chart? Why do you need any sonar? It's dumb. They didn't. They didn't need that at all, man. This whole this is a complete waste of time. This movie's dumb, and and it costs <laughs> sixty actors their lives. Exactly. Those <laughs> actors never worked again because they died in that submarine accident. And um. They didn't and have so, stuntmen back in the 50s. Are you kidding me? No. And they were like, they got pigeonholed. They were like, uh, basically everyone who's looking for actors, they were like, wait a second. We're not looking for any dead submariners for these parts. Okay. And the actors were like, damn it. Um, so anyways, they go in. They start their attack on June 9th. Everything's going bonanzas. They're looking. They've lost one submarine in the, in the whole Hellcat group. But uh, for the most part, they're 
destroying tons and tons of Japanese fleet. And they're like super jazzed. And uh, then all of a sudden they're kind of like going around and, and the propeller gets jammed on they're trying to go through like a net they're like oh we didn't know there was a net here they could try to go over and they go there's a nice little hole and they get their propeller jammed all up in that net and they're like shit and so then which was a little confusing what happens here the the commander's like i gotta go out and do it which well, seems everybody else insane. is injured like exo is in a sling that's true so there's literally not one other person who can go out it's, it just seems crazy that's that what cap, he said he looks the captain like of the boat the f- is like and now i'll go it's like well that seems a mistake but that's fine i know it was like the three highest ranking people on the entire boat and he's like well only one of us can do it and it's got to be me there's no possible way any of the other crew members could do this task yeah so anyways everyone knows what's going to happen here because he goes down there and uh-oh he gets a little tangled up in those lines and he's like well, I'm all tangled here. It's just take me a while to get untangled. It should be, it should be okay. And then what happens? Uh-oh, 3,000 yards away. Bucket no, destroyer. Battleship! And they're like, oh, shit. Uh, do we leave him? And he's like, we're not leaving him. And Ronald Reagan's like, you got to leave me. And the captain's, well, the, the XO is like, shit. It's exactly the exact moral thing that he had to go through. And now I'm going through it. He's like, shit. And then it looks like 2,500 yards, the ship's right there. I can basically see it's going to destroy us. He's like, we're going to dive. And so they dive. And they're basically like, oh, I guess Ron well, Reagan's dead. first the XO in very dramatic fashion severs mm-hmm. the radio com, yeah. the cable, so they can no longer communicate with Reagan at all. Yeah. And so then they, they dive, they survive all the stuff. And they're like, okay, we survived the, the thing. Let's go up and see if he's there. And they go up. And I was waiting for it to be like, and he's not there. And that was the moral thing. I had to go through that, and he's dead. That's too bad. But instead they see him, he's yeah. just waving. He's like, oh, hi, I'm here. And everyone's like, yeah. oh, there yeah, he guys. is. <laughs> so they rise up, and they bring him back in. And he's like, oh, thanks for picking me up. Now you understand what being a captain's all about. It's like, yes, I do understand what being a captain's all about. It's about killing your fellow <laughs> sailor when necessary. It's like, that's Two true. Two things there. I did think he was dead until I I thought for he sure wasn't. he was dying. The only thing that made me think he wasn't going to die is Nancy Reagan. Yep, that was same same boat there. Yeah. Uh, and then two, how could they dive if they were stuck in the net? They weren't stuck in the net. They got a piece of the net tangled in the propeller. In the propeller. So they just had a, they had a piece of the net. Okay, so they could up. dive, but they couldn't propel forward. Basically, yeah, they they were they were like listing to one side because only one propeller was moving. Okay, yeah, got it. And so, anyways, they come back. They're, like, super bestie friends now. They've exchanged friendship bracelets. They've, like, braided each other's hair. They're super, like, super best friends. And he comes well, in. Well, Reagan was even like, dude, do you want to be my best man? Exactly. He's like, and my next command is going to be the most important one, and I really got to get a good ship. Here, Nancy Reagan is the boat that he's talking about here, I think. And he's like, and I need a good captain for it. Will you be my best man? And the guy's like, Oh man, I totally will because we love each other now and everything in the past is forgotten. They just spent the last hour and a half just hating each other. Yeah. So I I do have the big question here is um, would you be Ronald Reagan's best man when he was getting married? Absolutely. You, yes, you would. Well, if you didn't, he might (laughs) kill you and leave you in the ocean. I don't know if I would. I'm not sure I'd be able to get over the Iran Contra controversy. I'd be a little concerned about that. I'd want him to explain. And help me understand, you know? I feel like 
you just can't turn down that opportunity because you would break the ice at every cocktail party with that's true i was ronald reagan's best man it'd be better if you were his best man for his first wedding did not to nancy reagan Whoa, you were the best man for Ronald and Nancy Reagan. No, 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 no. Ronald Reagan and his first wife. And everyone's like, oh, oh, that's less interesting. Still cool. Yeah, still cool, though. (laughs) The end. That's the movie in a nutshell, man. It is. So I'm going to come in last for these ratings. All right. Uh, With it being my movie month, we'll keep the theme. I will will, uh, recap this uh, here with, uh, with my rating. I, uh, again, brought this into the fold because I wanted to see Ronald Reagan act. Only heard of him as a president, never got to see him act. And I wasn't disappointed. I thought he, uh, I thought he carried himself pretty well. And like you said, he kind of felt like a John Wayne type of guy and uh, felt like a, like a leading actor from the time. Didn't feel any better or worse, really, from uh, the guys we've been seeing, the, the Cary Grants of the world and, 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 that, uh, Nate, and those guys. Um, but ultimately, um, the, the film, uh, it seemed like it was really building around this theme of, uh, uh, you have to, sometimes you have to sacrifice one to save the many. And that's kind of what the whole movie hinged on. Cause everything else really felt, and maybe this is why the ratings were so low, but you know, by 57, we, 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 we've kind of acknowledged now by how many episodes we've made, just how many submarine movies are out there and uh, how many uh, submarine movies were coming out in this time period. Maybe people were just kind of a little done uh, and tired of the submarine movies. And uh, this one really didn't feel like it did a whole lot different than those. Uh, didn't Again, it didn't feel any really better or worse than something like Up Periscope or... Uh, Gray Lady Down or something like that. It felt, it felt, you know, it kind of fit right in there for me. Um, but ultimately didn't really do anything new other than just kind of really hinge on this story of the EXO and the, and the commander about this moral conundrum as Jamie was alluding to there. And I guess maybe people felt that was a little mm, milk toast or uninspired and, uh, ultimately just comes out as an average submarine movie. And that's kind of where I'm going to rate it as well. Uh, IMDB gave it a 5.4, which I think is crazy low. Cause I mean, usually it's like, it'll be like a six or a seven and I'll be like, ah, that wasn't very good. I'll give it a four. 5.4 is pretty brutal, but I'm going to give it a 5.5 Ooh, for okay. our ratings here. All right, man. I was thinking it was going to end up being like a three or a two when I saw it was a 5.4. I know that's that's the entire thing. Like I said, you'd mentioned this movie a long time ago, and I was like, "Man, Brom, this one's gonna suck." Yeah, I mean, and you, you, you're kind of—I I didn't feel really any better or worse than a lot of these ones we've watched back then. No, I I totally agree with what you're saying. Uh, basically, I think if this were made in the '90s, this would be like a TV—the equivalent of like a TV movie. It was just kind of—it was there. It's something that I watched. Yeah. For better, for worse, I don't know. I like I watched it, but it didn't. It didn't change my whole perspective on sub movies or, like you said, do anything new. Uh, I did think that some of the the diving scenes when they were getting the mines were probably better than some of the other ones we've seen at this time because a lot of stuff is miniatures, but this they had divers next to this giant sub. So that I thought, okay, you know, we've got we've got that going on in here. And it was shorter. I mean, hour, 20 minutes, not super lengthy. 
And I did like how we didn't waste a lot of time with the sea trials. Like you remember Operation Pacific where they were testing out those new triggers on the heads of torpedoes. That's true. That that took a while. It was like a 20 minute (laughs) scene or something like, Oh my word. Can we just please be done with this already? So I was glad we didn't have to see them just fiddling with the sonar. Take the sub out. Nope. We can't detect it. Okay. Bring it back. All right. Let's take it back out. Oh man. We can't detect it now. Oh wait, 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 we got a half blip. Okay. I think we're almost there and just keep doing that. That would have drove me absolutely insane. So I'm, I mean, Science, right? They use a lot of science in this film. Science, so, for sure. Uh, not great. Not bad. The next year, though, is when Run Silent, Run Deep came out. So just a year later. And Run Silent, Run Deep, I would say, is just by far and away a better film than this. But I didn't think anything here was overly bad, but it's just kind of there middle of the road i didn't i don't know if i'd go as low as you brom but i'll probably i did think imdb was a little low i'm gonna give it like a six and that's probably i don't know it's probably gonna be the highest that we're gonna see on here i don't yeah, know so Br- brom would you give it again sorry a 5.5 5. Mm. i'm gonna come in considerably lower than you guys um i thought this movie was terrible it's oh. not like it's not entertaining like i think it's actually it's not like the most boring or worst one. We've had ones that come in where we're like, Eesh, that was like tough to watch. I didn't find this one tough to watch or anything like that. I just felt like it was a ramshackle production, um, really low quality acting other than, I mean, I thought actually Nancy Reagan was pretty good. Um, I thought Ronald yep. Reagan was okay. I, it definitely seemed like he was, he had moments, especially their like weird monologue or a dialogue they had. They're talking about the moon where it's like, Oh, I'm going to no I'm going to do something on the moon and she's like I've had a lot of time to know. Like, what do you know about the moon? And she's like I had a lot of time to look at the moon. It's like what? <laughs> what is this? It's clearly someone writing something to try to have them have something to like something meaty to do on screen. Yeah. And I felt like she was she was doing a little better than and he he was kind of it almost seemed like he was kind of like mailing that part in. Um but I mean, I don't know. I, I just was watching. I felt like it was low production value, really repetitive. I swear to God, we've had this exact movie. We've watched this exact movie before. Yeah. The, the different, the various pieces come together, and and you you you, you can point to a different movie for each it, different sort of scene. It's very similar to Operation Pacific too. Like he comes back, he's had this ex girlfriend who he kind of like his nurse that he kind of likes, and he's trying to rekindle things with, but she's kind of seeing mm-hmm. someone else. Michael like Bay, own, Pearl Harbor. Yeah. So, <laughs> a little bit. Um, so like I, I mean I don't know. I came into it being like or came into recording this where I was like, oh, everyone's going to be coming in pretty low. I'm surprised you're coming in so high. I don't actually feel so bad about coming in um, pretty low because oh, I do think... Get after it. I got... I mean, I got to. And I, and I and I feel like it's just... It's what my heart... I, I'm, I'm following my heart and what my heart says is that it's a four. Okay. That's not egregious. No, it's a four. I think it's we're not all, like... I think when we dive back... When we dive into the threes and threes and a halves, I'm usually talking about movies that are like objectively awful that have actually yeah. like tickled me and made me... Uh, that I think is, are funny. This is just one that I think I was excited for and actually I'm happy that I watched. It's just I don't think the production value is up. I did like all the submarine stuff and how it like, kept on hitting everything. The only thing we didn't see was a wrench, but we saw like fire. They said fish, you know, torpedoes going... Um, with an accident flooding. in the torpedo room yeah like someone get crushed by a torpedo which is really a classic I, I mean I can't tell you how 
much I enjoy seeing someone crushed by a torpedo. Like that's just something we miss in a lot of the movies is yeah. that the crushing blow by that torpedo on someone's poor head uh, and giving them a, a seriously fractured skull. So a lot of a lot of really good pieces that you can pick up. I just didn't think the hole was very good at all. Like an like an, an actually like a low low production value type of movie. But something we've seen in these older movies too is the like the land raids. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They yeah. send like, out. They're like, okay, all right, do a mission tonight, and let's pull think, a bunch of shit up. Yeah. Operation like, Pacific right, cool. had those. Uh, a periscope crash dive had them. from forty three yeah. had a surprisingly good one. For the rest of that movie, you know all the weird love triangle love yeah. stuff. Which one was that and one then, in the in the the crash dive? Was that the one where they went on and they had to blow up a facility? What they do in that like, one? The land raid. Uh, that's when he went in and he t- tasted the oil. One. Didn't he taste the oil or something? Oh, like that? good one. That was a good one. I like that one. That was a good land raid. Yeah. Anyways, should I get into some trivia? Sure. Hold on. Best land raid though. Latitude zero. What about what about Operation Petticoat when they was raid their own zero supplies? Was flying, flying lion? Uh, yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, so that was the best one. Sorry, what did you say, Brom? So what about Operation Petticoat when they raid their own supplies? I like that one a lot. God, I love that. Operation Petticoat. I should. I, I just want to watch it again. I can't believe people <laughs> came in so low for that one. That was a great movie. Uh, uh, honestly, it's probably the one, if I could adjust any score, it'd probably be that one and bump it up some oh, more. really? Yeah. I often think back... A night's while I'm lying there awake about how high I rated uh, Fate of the Furious. Oh, I was going to say Moby Dick. <laughs> like 2010 Moby Dick. Or something. I was like, that's a little generous, Kyle. <laughs> I think uh, I talked you down on that one, too. I think, uh, wasn't that the one where I'm like, if you give it an eight, I'm quitting? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I, <laughs> it it was, came in like a seven, yeah. nine. Yeah. Right. It was still yeah. pretty darn high. And I'm like, yeah. All right, I'm so going to do some in trivia. summation, Hellcats of the Navy didn't do anything new, and what it did do, it didn't do it the best. I see. I'm, I feel like I'm going to look back and I'm be like, maybe I should adjust that one because it is like it's just like a very classic submarine movie, like a lot of just classic stuff that happens in it. Just a, a lot of cliche stuff, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, think about the ones is. like think yeah. about Destination Tokyo from '41. I like that one a lot. I know that's a good it's one. My favorite. It's good. I was going to mention it. That. Well, Run Silent Run Deep is my favorite, and that one's good. But again, a lot I mean, of, of the old lot of ones stuff happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Run Silent Run Deep is an old one. Anyways. Uh, okay, no, I'm so just I'm going to do trivia. I'm specifying on my, on my response there. Go ahead. I'm going to do trivia. All right. Yeah. So the name of the Hellcat submarine in this movie was USS Starfish, a.k.a. the Starfish. Uh, this was a fictional name and not the name of a real World War II uh, Hellcat submarine. It was in keeping with the type of name that they would have, though. And here are the names of the other of the actual Hellcat submarines. SS-411, USS Spadefish. SS-401, USS Sea Dog. SS-291, USS Crevail. SS-302, USS Skate. SS-282, USS Tunney. SS-283, USS Tenosa. Uh, SS-229, USS Flying Fish. SS-287, USS Bofin. And SS-223, USS Bonefish. If you know what I mean. Uh, Those are the Hellcats? Those are the Hellcat submarines, yeah. Huh. I'm picking up what you're putting down, man. Oh, you better believe it. Um, Bonefish. 
So then Reagan, this is what I was saying before, Reagan said in his autobiography that he was disappointed overall in the film, having expected a result more like Destination Tokyo, what up, mm. uh, a major submarine film during World War II. The diminished status of the feature films that Reagan was being offered, plus his increased involvement with television, led to his leaving the big screen forever. And it does seem like he only really appeared in one other film uh, many years later. And otherwise, he did entirely TV uh, for a while. Uh, it was the first and only time that uh, Ronald Reagan acted with his uh, Nancy Reagan, uh, his wife, Nancy Reagan, um, in a movie. They did appear frequently together on television, though, in General Electric Theater, which uh, mm. Ronald Reagan hosted. Uh, the source of this movie was based on a book by Charles A. Lockwood and Hans Christian Adamson entitled Hellcats of the Sea. It was actually also the title that this movie was originally going to be released under, but then they changed it to Hellcats of the Navy. Probably because uh, there's so much Navy involvement or something. I mean, it seems... I don't know. I think, I think it flows. I, I think Hellcats of the Navy sounds better. Hellcats of the Sea doesn't sound very great. I don't, I don't know. I like, the, I like this title better. Um, the Los Angeles Times... Reported that Edmund H. North, uh, North worked on the movie screenplay, but he's not billed in the end. So they're not, they're not sure how much of his involvement was actually ended up in the final script. And then um, also the screenwriting credit of Raymond T. Marcus for this film is actually an alias for blacklisted screenwriter Bernard Gordon. Uh, Gordon once said that he thought that it, it was ironic that he could not put his name to the script due to the blacklist that the actual movie star Ronald, Re uh, Ronald Reagan denied uh, ever existed. So he basically, Ronald Reagan denied that the blacklist existed, and yet one of his movies had a blacklisted writer on it. Um, towards the end, when a Japanese ship is torpedoed, the footage of the explosion is the HMS Barham, so actually a British ship, torpedoed in the Mediterranean in 1941. And that's when I mentioned there was a lot of stock footage. That was one of those times. So a bunch of times where they just kind of inserted footage from like newsreels and stuff. What year was that blown up? 1941. So that was, that was a real combat scenario that they caught on tape? I guess, yeah. Yeah. Huh. A British huh. ship though. So not a Japanese ship as would be, have been the case. In the film, uh, the Hollywood Reporter was announced the following to be the cast for the movie. Frank Bella, Frank Chase, Richard Cutting, James Dobson, and Oliver McGowan. Uh, these actors do not appear in the film. So they had some original cast that they didn't end up using. They must have recast or it took too long and they did something else. All right. Now the important one. Casting what ifs. What other people in movies about cats would have done well here? Okay, so Antonio Ooh. Banderas... Puss in Boots. Oh, man, dude. He could be the XO. That's a good one. I like that one. He's a little suave, mm. a little... He can, he can get a little angry. He'd be like, hey. Right? Yeah. Like, ah, I'm Antonio Banderas. Hey. Right? I, I would put him as Wes Barton. I feel like he'd have that Whoa. sexy, that sexy suave. Ladies, man. That is yeah, great. Stealing good the lady. call. And a think about cameo. that. That's going to drive Ronald Reagan crazy seeing Antonio Banderas with yeah. snuggling up with a picture of his wife. He's fucking Antonio Banderas. Yep. How can he compete? He's got to kill him. He's got the accent and everything. Yeah. Uh, what about Kevin Spacey in Nine Lives? No, he's been canceled. Sorry. He's not involved. No, no, no. No, no Kevin Spacey. We don't want you Okay. Here. Okay. I was yep. going to say, I can't, ever since all that stuff went down, I can't mm -hmm. even... Carol. A hard time. Say, no, I just do want to mention he was in that movie Nine Lives, which is a terrible cat movie. That's why I wanted to bring it up. He'd be Carol. Good. Why? He would be, but oh. he's not. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, Keanu Reeves in Keanu. The film about Keanu. a cat. Keanu. He was in Keanu? Yeah, he was. He showed up in it. I don't remember that. Okay. He was. Sorry. 
Hmm. Oh, man. Little... Make him... Who's the 19-year-old's name? Freddy. He's Freddy? That's a good, he's a good Freddy. He's, just, he's timeless, really. Ageless. He is, man. What about Bill Murray? Garfield the movie. <laughs> Bill uh, Murray would have to be on land, right? I mean, one of the... Well, he could be Carol. The guys. He'd be Carol. Like, He'd be Carol for sure. Team him up, oh, Keanu yeah. Reeves, rolling some dice, talking science. Mm-hmm. That'd be a I real like weird that. combo. I like that. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Yeah. What about Dame Judi Dench from Ka- the upcoming Cats movie? I mean, I, I think we all are thinking it's Nancy right, Reagan, right? Yeah. He's, she is the uh-huh. love interest. Straight up. Judy Dench. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. And then finally, what about Ed Harris? So he's in a film called Cats Meow. Have you guys heard about this film? Uh, no, remind me. Okay. So Regale film, me. Yeah, so he, he plays a super sexy cat, and everyone's like, who is that cat? And they're like, ding, whenever he walks by, because he's like the super sexy cat. And people are super into this cat, and, it's, and the cat's washboard abs, right? Um, but it's weird, too, because the cat's like the size of a human and walks on its hind legs and also has no hair on its body. <laughs> oh, it's one of those like Egyptian cats, huh? Right, the but also, sphinx. yeah, basically the size of a human being and no... Uh, hair on his body and uh, the size of a human and washboard abs and also just looks like Ed Harris. Does he have like a tail? Oh, yes. It, yeah, he, that's actually what I was going to mention. The only thing that's very cat-like about him is he has a very long, luxurious tail. So, and he wears jeans. Uh, he wears like, uh, I don't know, uh, Wranglers, really. Wranglers? It's the only thing the he tail wears. tail pops out? Oh, yeah. I just Googled like, Sphinx with abs and uh, didn't get any results. Really? That's oh, weird. The internet is on. somehow failing us on this <laughs> Let one. Me down. No, they, I got to say, those Wranglers ride pretty low and everyone's like, dang, right? So what, yeah. Do you, yeah. what, about, Ed, what about Ed Harris? Uh, I, I want him as Mr. a cat. Mr. Steal Your Girl, Wes Barton. No, no, no. I think he's, I think no. he's the guy. Him and Judy <laughs> Dench are getting it on. That's, that's uh, Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan right there. Reagan. Okay. Yeah. Has he ever played the president? Probably not. I know he was uh, he was the bad guy, well, like Secretary of Defense and Geostorm, but I know that's what I was trying to think if he was in Geostorm, but he wasn't. He huh? was not, no, he was like Secretary of Defense or something. All right. We we'll, saw that movie together in theaters. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Um, Can't wait for the second one. Uh okay, I'm gonna do a Phantom Zone. Do it. Engage the Phantom. Phantom's engaged, sir. So this is, a, this is a true classic one. I've actually used this one before in other ones. So Arthur Franz can take us at the Atomic Submarine, where he played Lieutenant Commander uh, Richard Reef Holloway. Uh, in that is uh, Brett Halsey, uh, and he was also in Submarine Seahawk, one we haven't watched. Uh, from there, we can go from Submarine Seahawk uh, through Paul Maxwell, who was in Madam Sin as Connors. And as I mentioned before in this podcast, we used to use Robert Wagner for this, but no. He is accused of murder, and we don't condone murder. Just like we don't condone Kevin Spacey, we don't condone Robert Wagner. So I'm not going to use him. Instead, Robert I'm going to use Wagner, number two from yeah. Austin Powers. Is Kyle? We have been over murder? this. We have We've been over this numerous times, many times. Do we have to have our own? I think we have to have a whole episode just to explain this to you. Let's have but a yes, Robert, Robert Wagner, Wagner podcast. Yeah, so he was he's accused of a murder. It was a while ago. I mean, it's not like a recent murder or anything like that. It was a murder just like an one Christopher Walken was there. It's it's no big deal really. Um but anyways, we're not gonna use him. We're gonna use Burt Kwok, 
uh, who, oh. who played a operator, I think, on that one. And he was also in You Only Live Twice. That stars Terra Shimada. Boom, my no boy. No way. Yeah. So, and that we we all know we can use Terra Shimada to get to Ed Harris. So, don't worry about that one. Wow. Yeah. And that's that. Good Lord. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, man. Getting it done. I'm going to get. Uh, righty. I'm going to get a Terra Shimada tattoo when we wrap up Are the you? podcast. It'd be That'd great. Be pretty cool, man. So we're thinking like good. 20, I feel like we could each get like a, a personal hero, uh, but only one person's allowed Ed Harris. So I think that should be Kyle. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know I'm getting Borg Nine. Oh, oh good Borgnine. call. Yeah, man. Come on. It's something to aspire to, his looks. Maybe get we could body like Borg Nine. Yeah, body like Borg Nine. That's the new exercise video I'm releasing. <laughs> it's it's sub sub world world wide 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 all right so jamie had mentioned at the beginning of this movie there is a person talking explaining what's going on and i was like what is this this is really weird and so i wanted to know who the heck it was why on earth they had a 72 year old man out there explaining <laughs> what was happening uh and as we saw on the mailbox it's weird they zoomed in on the mailbox to show us who it was. It is Fleet Admiral Chester W. Nimitz. This guy is a total badass, actually. I looked into him. So this is going to be a special subs worldwide. I thought this guy's way too interesting to not talk about. So let's go ahead and see who the heck he is. He is actually someone that we should be worshiping because he was an expert in submarines he saw the transition from gasoline-powered to diesel subs, and then he even helped get approval to build the first nuclear-powered submarine. Uh, he also was the lead developer in underway replenishment techniques, which allows you to supply other boats and ships with fuel, munitions, and other supplies while they're out at sea so they don't have to go back to port, which oh. is pretty cool. Uh, he was born in 1885 in Texas, favorite year his father that's a great year his father died six months before he was born it's kind of sad and when he was looking to further his education he tried to get into west point but there actually weren't any spots west point is the army Mm -hmm. Uh, but his congressman said why don't you go ahead and go to the naval academy he did worked out for us we got this movie out of it i guess Uh, He graduated from the Naval Academy in 1905 and immediately started kicking ass. Um, He was on all kinds of boats, doing all types of crazy stuff. He even went over to Germany in Nuremberg and studied engines at a diesel plant in 1913. So war broke out in 1917. He was like, why don't I get on out of here? And he was given command of the Maumee which is a city I used to live in, actually. Uh, I was like, that's really weird. Uh, but he... It's also probably a Native com- American tribe, if I had to guess. I would guess so, too. In the name of a river originating in Fort Wayne. Uh, so he got that, and he did the first underway refueling ever. And for his service in World War One, he got a letter of commendation. 
Then World War II, this is where this guy really starts to shine. So 10 days after Pearl Harbor was attacked, FDR was like, Nimitz, you're now the commander-in-chief of the U.S. Pacific Fleet. He's like, sweet, I'll do that. Uh, So he just started kicking some serious ass in the Pacific, and there was an act of Congress that created the rank Fleet Admiral, which is the highest rank in the Navy. The very next day, FDR appointed Nimitz that rank. He said, you're it, man. So he was instrumental in literally every single major conflict in the Pacific. The Battle of the Coral Sea, Battle of Midway, Solomon Islands Campaign, Battle of the Philippine Sea, Battle of the Liat Gulf, Battle of Iwo Jima, Battle of Okinawa, Operation Starvation. Uh, so while he was also the admiral and like commander-in-chief of the U.S. Pacific Fleet, he was also the commander-in-chief of the Pacific Ocean Areas, which meant he commanded allied air land and sea so this guy was running the whole show pretty much out in the pacific um he during his entire tenure in the navy he held command of the following the uss decatur a first submarine flotilla the uss plunger the uss snapper the uss narwhal the third submarine division atlantic torpedo fleet the uss skipjack Atlantic Submarine Flotilla, the USS Chicago, the USS Rigel, the USS Augusta, Bureau of Navigation, United States Pacific Fleet, Pacific Ocean Areas, and Chief of Naval Operations. So this guy is legit. And during the Nuremberg trials, he supported what's referred to as unrestricted submarine warfare, which just means that pretty much subs... From this is just you know a very basic you know knowledge of it says that they can attack without warning you know they don't have to like say hey you got to surrender they just boom you're you can start attacking which actually ended up getting some German commanders lesser sentences um, based on the tactics they were using because he said we're doing the same thing uh, while in the service he lost part of his finger while working on a diesel engine, but the rest of his finger was actually saved because the engine got stuck on his Annapolis ring. Wow. And I thought this... I know. <laughs> like, talk about lucky. What? That happened uh, in a movie. Uh, Abyss? Was that Abyss? Yeah, that Ed Harris's finger gets saved by his wedding ring. Oh, that's right. fished yeah, out yeah. of the toilet, right? Oh, yeah, man. It saves his life, too, because doesn't it stop a door from, like, closing? Crushing him, yeah. Oh, shoot, it does. Uh, From 1940 to 1941, he was the president of the Army-Navy Country Club in Arlington, Virginia. And October 5th, 1945, was officially named Nimitz Day in Washington because Nimitz signed as the representative of the United States when Japan formally surrendered on the USS Missouri in Tokyo Bay. Nimitz's rank of fleet commander or fleet admiral was also made permanent in the United States Navy on May 13, 1946, so he had a lifetime appointment. And unfortunately, he suffered a stroke and passed away in 1965. Oh, let's see that. If, if he didn't have that stroke, he'd probably still be alive today. He could be on the podcast right now. Right. 
130 years old or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. Um, it's possible, right? Yeah, uh, I did want to say one thing that I'm seeing kind of on his Wikipedia page. They did name a super carrier after him. There's the USS Nimitz, still in service. Also, Henry Fonda, which we know from uh, Escape from L.A., uh, he portrayed Nimitz in the 1976 film Midway. And then there's a new film, 2019 film, named Midway coming out this year, where he will be portrayed by Woody Harrelson. Really? Yeah. Oh. Is that a Christopher Nolan film? That is a Roland Emmerich film. Mm. Ooh, just like 2012. Just like Independence Which- Day. 2012 almost had subs. Almost. Independence Day did have subs. I know. Yeah. Comes, right. out November, comes out November 8th. So let's go see it. Yep. Okay, that's all I got. Brom. Count it down, baby. Tube three ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. So thank you for that, Kyle. We uh, learned just how badass Fleet uh, Fleet Admiral Nimitz was. You know who's considerably less badass and less credentialed? Me. Yeah. And we're wrapping <laughs> up. My, so. We're wrapping up my movie month, and these are basically my credentials to this point. This is my my top five Brom facts. Oh, I get to learn something about Brom today. Here we go. I figured everybody could learn a little bit about me. Um, We've been together for over 80 episodes. Uh, Number five, this is just a really cheap uh, cop-out, but because we watched a a president acting here, I I wanted to share that my favorite president is Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, really? I like like Teddy. Kyle, who's your favorite? My favorite president. Yeah. Is it I do easy? like good, good like Teddy, man, because he's he's such a badass. Yeah, he is badass. He is completely. I feel like, I feel like Abraham Lincoln's Not in insane, there for everyone. Just, I mean, yeah, Abraham's pretty darn good too. He's he's there for the plucking. I mean, the one that growing up that I loved was Taft because he was big and fat. That's why. That's why you liked him. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep. Why do you like? Why do you like Teddy Roosevelt from? Uh, well, you got the national parks uh, that That's came to be thanks to Teddy. Uh, also, trust busting uh, was important that, uh, you know, he's he brought some conservative values, but also some progressive values as well and uh, acknowledged that we need some balance here and we got to we got to break them up. So he did some trust busting with uh, some oil companies and big banks and things like that. So uh Helped us uh, fiscally, and then obviously helped preserve our environment a little bit there, and uh, acknowledge the the beauty of our country. Um, so, pretty great guy. He also got shot while giving a speech. Wow! Yeah, also had a big old stick. If you know what I mean. Yeah, he was a rough oh, yeah. rider. Yeah, was he? Was you he the one I mean, that said, uh, "Speak softly and carry a big stick"? He did. Yeah, there you and go. He said, "Look at this stick." Like, also, he does. He does have one of my favorite quotes that I do think about quite a bit, especially in the social media age. But uh, it goes, "Comparison is the thief of joy." So, hmm. get off social media. There are people that unless have more- you're talking about this podcast, 
Yeah, then get on social media. <laughs> get on yeah, social keep media doing it. and compare whether your friends listen to this podcast or not. If they don't, then inform Are them they even of submersion. Exactly. Number five. That was number five there. Number four. Uh, this is uh, this is a famous by association. Again, I'm I'm not as interesting as Nimitz. Number four, my best friend from grade school, at least for a year or two before he moved, won the 2013 World Series of Poker and its eight million dollar grand prize. Wow! Dang, and completely man. fell out of touch until I saw him on the World Series of Poker. And you were like, dude, you got to pay me. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> did no such thing. I, I did wish him luck on social media and one one post, but that that was it. I'm not gonna go uh, gold digging there, but uh, that is Ryan Reese the Beast is what they call him now. That's pretty cool. Number three, my brother won us a private concert with the winner of season two of The Voice, Cassidy Pope, who I strongly admire. Uh, she was the lead singer of Hey Monday. Also. Kyle, of course, we're big Icy Stars fan. She uh, did some featured vocals on Electric Forest, which is an excellent song. Yes, and it is. Now she performs country music, but I had a private concert with her uh, as she, at the uh, for the release of her uh, country album, and that was pretty cool. I'm not a big country music fan, but when you are face to face with someone that talented, literally two feet away, as she plays on her acoustic guitar, it is pretty darn neat. You couldn't just talk mad trash right to her. I like, couldn't, hey. and I wouldn't. Uh, I did get. <laughs> like, hey, I did. why don't you do some of the uh, <laughs> other older stuff? She's like, Brom, this is what I do now. <laughs> Number two, Jamie, you actually mentioned something similar to this when we were talking about our movie months, and uh, I think you even mentioned if there's a uh, fun fact that I was going to be coming out with fun fact list, and you mentioned that you have an acting credit on IMDb. I do. You can look at my name on IMDb, except you don't know my last name, probably. Uh, and we'll uh, post it in the description. Try not to do that, and uh, <laughs> doesn't really matter. But uh, and yeah, but it's an incorrect um, credit because my brother is in film, and they mistakenly put me uh, as a credit on one of the shows that he did. Hey, take credit where credit is due, and I think you are I due guess, some yeah. credit for being the brother. Of someone that works on film. Miscellaneous crew, what up? <laughs> but I actually do have an acting credit on IMDb. I acted in a film in college. It was a very small indie film called Be Dead. Be, I played B E B E E Dead. It was about oh. uh, bees that transmitted a zombie virus. Oh, I'm seeing it here. Okay. Got it. Uh, I played Chad, the douchebag frat boy, which anybody that knows me knows that that I'm is me to right a T. I, I, didn't, even, right I didn't even have to act. He's didn't an actor known for be dead. That's what it says. Brom is an actor known for be dead in 2011. It says that? It says that. That's pretty cool. Description. Description right there. Under your I, did not, uh, I did not contribute any of that information. I just found that I was on IMDb. What the I didn't even. How did I not know you were even in this, Brom? I'm sorry. I actually have a pretty, pretty meaty role, and uh, I'm pretty proud of. Uh, Your name of my, is uh, on the poster. I'm looking at the poster. Your name's. On. <laughs> I yeah. I I did it. Uh, I kind of uh, ad libbed some of my lines. They felt 
it felt it was difficult for me. I, I'd never done anything like this, but uh, I had some fun with it. And uh, there's an actual scene where I turn into the zombie, and I think I did a really good job with that. Is this uh, available anywhere? It's an hour and a half movie, Brom. It is a real movie, and I am truly in it, and it is not great. Hey, but where I'm can in there. I'm it? in there. Uh, oh, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't checked month. on it. Guys, this will be perfect for animal season. <laughs> B movies. No, it's just one of the animals because we have 15 of them. <laughs> okay. Bees are one of them. I'm in there. Cheesy uh, D horror movie if you want to see me. Be dead. Be number dead. one. Number one, this is a fun, very fun fact, actually. I like to use this for any, like, two trues, one false for team building and meeting people and shit like that. Number one, I rode the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Disneyland. Is that California? Or is it Disney World? That would World? be, that's Disney Land. The California one, Disneyland. I rode the Pirates of the Caribbean out there with Hugh Hefner and the Playboy Bunnies. So, okay. What? So you were on the ride. It was you. I'm on the ride. Yeah, yeah. Sitting next to Hugh Hefner. I am sitting directly behind the silken clad Hugh Hefner with his arm draped around Playboy bunnies. And I've got Playboy bunnies in front of me and behind me. And next to you. And there I am as a like 10 year old kid. Did you want This is also something that you won a prize on? Or what? I won what? No, I did not win any prize. I guess this is actually pretty uh, common. Uh, I have actually heard similar stories uh, just in talking about this of people that have said they've seen him there. Uh, it oh, is a very, he, he it, it was, he's obviously passed away at, to this point now, but it was a very popular spot think. to take the girls. Uh, just when you've got all that money and all that time, he tended to go to Disneyland a lot. So I hmm. rode that with him, and then he actually skipped in front of me in line uh, oh. while we were doing the uh, uh, Haunted Mansion. Did you, you that, call him out? You don't take that, bro. No. no, I didn't call him out. Hey, Hugh, get the hell back there. Hugh, do you think you are? He said, <laughs> right? Very good, very you good. Did not. Thank you. You went there, and you nailed it. Thank you. That was my top five Brahm fun facts. Brom, I have known you for years. And Did I you know any know of that? Like 10 years. I didn't know you were in a movie. <laughs> I'm pretty surprised by that. If, well, if, if you were in a movie today. I never talked about it. If you were in a movie today, I'd be really disappointed if part of your improv was not getting a submarine in that movie. <laughs> like, hold on. I got a pretty good idea, guys. Let's just throw this in here. They're like. Dude, you're just an extra. Why? What are you doing? The bees, they come from a submarine that lands on shore. And they're like, you're just an extra, but that's a really good idea. Yeah. Is hey, this movie available I'll anywhere? <laughs> I don't I'm know. I'm looking now. for it. I'm looking for it right my, now. My I'm DVD copy searching. doesn't even work anymore. I don't know what the hell happened what? to it. Yeah, it's out there. We'll, we'll find it. Be, it was on YouTube for a while. I think they took it down. Why? <laughs> Wait, why did they take it down? Uh, I don't. Uh, well, the the owners of the movie took it down. I, I think for something like that, it was like it was like officially licensed and all that. I think they had to pay to keep it up or something like that. Wait, you don't own the movie. I do not own the movie. I was not the film director or creator or anything like that. But uh, I mean, again, it's a real movie. Uh, 
You might be able to find it out there. I don't know. So I'm seeing a trailer for it. Um, I'm seeing a teaser for it. <laughs> I probably, um, I, I think I am in the trailer. I believe I, should I, be. I, I, I believe I'm looking at you right now in on the picture. It's probably of me in the window. Yes, uh, that's when the teaser escape. trailer. Yeah. yeah, they escape me, and uh, you see me bashing on the window. Yep, that's what I'm looking at. There you go. But I don't see anything of the full movie. I don't know. And what to I'm going to be honest with you. On the trailers, you not a lot of views. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jamie. What the it's heck? Not, not my problem. Dude, he got paid. It doesn't matter. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating on iTunes. 